You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening from North Carolina, we got Trey Barrett in the house. Trey, what's going on? What's up, man? Just happy to be here with you fellas. Well, we are literally eight days away from the kickoff of the 2019 NFL season. I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I feel like it's been a little bit of a, a melancholy uh, preseason, right, with, with the Andrew Luck news. And then um, I, I just feel like that the fantasy stars have played the least in preseason this year than, than I can ever remember. And, and it seems to be by a significant margin. And so I feel like that preseason has kind of whet our appetite for the real season a little bit less. So I am, uh, man, super, super excited for the next seven and three-quarter days to get by. I'll be, I'm looking forward next week. I'll be building those DFS lineups, setting lineups, submitting, clicking the submit lineup button on uh, MFL. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. It's, it's almost football time. Yeah. I, I was looking at DraftKings the other night as well. And I was like, Oh man. I, and in fact, I submitted a couple of lineups already. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get going as well. Also joining us this evening, uh, as always live from the pillow palace in Minneapolis, not St. Paul, Minnesota. It is the one and only Will Greenwood. Will, what's going on? The Pillow Palace has, has had a new pillow distribution system applied to try to get rid of some of the echo. So hopefully my sweet, sultry tones come straight to your ears a little bit better than last time. I, I'm doing well tonight. Is, I that Matt, is that Matt Waldman joining us from Atlanta? I thought it was what, – Will, it's a, what? Uh, it's, a, it's a mix between Waldman and uh, Sigmund Bloom. That was a, that's what I was going for. If you were to combine those two voices into one, because Waldman's down here. And Sigmund Bloom is uh, sounds like he he's gonna be on uh, NPR right about now. <laughs> I, love, I, I love both those guys and listening to them. It's not, but it, he has an NPR voice. Sigmund Bloom does for sure. Yeah, it, very distinct. For no doubt about that. Yeah, we yes, we love the football I, guys. I also want to uh, Trey. I want to do a live trade proposal. Uh, are you ready for this or not? I mean, we can we can pause. Yeah, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to listen. Uh, I will give you Devontae Adams for James Conner and Tyler Boyd in Dynasty Darwinism. Oh, that's an interesting offer. Yeah, that's that's um that's tempting. Uh, let me let me give it some thought. I'll I'll try to I'll try to have an answer for you before the end of the show. Tick look, tick. I feel like that's such an overpay. Okay, you think okay, here we go. <laughs> I'll well, also include the Bears defense. <laughs> yeah. Depends on how you feel about Tyler Boyd, probably in that deal. Because he's, he's, I think, a polarizing dynasty asset at this point. Because some people really love Tyler Boyd, and the sky's the limit for him, it seems. And other people are like, well, I don't know. So maybe we can talk more about that later. But guys, we got an exciting segment for the show tonight. It is one of our favorite shows that we do all year. We hope our listeners like to do it because we love doing this show. This is our hot, bold, spicy takes of 2018 show. So we're going to look ahead to the 2019 season and we're all of us going to share three hot, bold, spicy takes. Let's remind everybody the levels of these takes. So basically, here's how it works. One of the Joes gives their hot, bold, spicy take. The other two Joes will assign it a, a heat level. 
there are five levels. There's banana pepper, there's jalapeno, there's habanero, there's ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. A Joe gets one point for banana pepper and all the way up to five points for Carolina Reaper. So we're going to do this. I'm going to lead off. I'm going to give you my take. And guys, what I tried to do this year, I'm trying to make these a little more spicy. I'm not suggesting all these are going to be Carolina Reaper. I want them to be re- realistic. But I feel in the past I haven't been as, you know, as, as spicy as I want to be. So it, it, this is tough, right? Because we don't want to come on here and just say, like, ridiculous things. Like, you know, Tariq Cohen's going to be the overall, you know, running back one. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to be like, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be, you know, uh, you know, quarterback one and – and Deshaun Watson is going to be quarterback too. You know, like we, we want it to be interesting, right? So that's the balance we're trying to strike. And I think I did with the first one. Looking at the NFC West, gentlemen, I think there are going to be four NFC West running backs in the top 24. I think Todd Gurley and David Johnson are going to be top 12 running backs, half point PPR. And I think Rashad Penny and Matt Breda are going to be top 24 running backs. So that's my take. Four NFC West running backs will be in the top 24. You got Gurley and DJ in the top 12, and you got Penny and Matt Breida in the top 24. That's right. I didn't say Chris Carson because I don't think Chris Carson's going to last that long this year. I think he's going to get banged up, and I think Penny's going to come in there and steal that job despite the preseason camp reports. So what say you gentlemen? How do you want to rate my first hot, bold, spicy take for the 2019 Quick clarification. Yes. Specific four or just four in general? No, I'm going to go these specific four. It would be boring if it was like. Well, that's, I mean, that's where my note came from. Uh, it's because I, you, you didn't, I just thought you meant four in total. Okay. No, I, I think that would be a, that, I think that would be like a banana pepper or jalapeno take if it was just four from the NFC West. That's not very hot at all. Yeah, like a non spicy jalapeno. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think that's what adds spice. It, maybe you guys feel differently, but because. Um, maybe you guys are big believers in Tevin Coleman and Tevin Coleman, you know, as, as bad as we say he's been, he, you know, he, he produces enough to get to that top 24 running back territory a lot. I mean, he was there last year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And everyone's like, Oh, he was horrible last year, but he was somehow was there. So, so what do you guys think? What do you guys think of this take? And Brita finishes the 25th. If you don't go by points per game, just overall scoring is the 25th running back in half point PPR weeks one through 17 last year yeah yeah so currently that's the only one that finished outside of the top 24 last year Rashad Penny finished uh, the top 24? Rashad, sorry Rashad Penny that's the Chris Carson thing Whew. Trey you got any immediate reactions here how would you take this well so I would say probably my immediate reaction would be to to, to bring it right in the middle you know with a habanero because I, I do think that you know on the surface you know, Gurley and DJ being top 12 is, you know, likely a lock. But I think anytime that you are going to take four running backs and declare they're going to finish in the top, you know, 12 or 24, there, there's always the, the risk that one of them doesn't even play, you know, half the season, right? So you've got the injury odds. So, of course, you know, taking on four running backs to finish in the top, you know, 12 or 24, I think is – risky to begin with so you know i kind of feel like that uh banana pepper and jalapeno are off the table i i do highly expect early and dj will be top 12 if they play 15 plus games so you know that's you know doesn't really move the needle and and i do kind of think that 
Penny, honestly, even if Carson plays all year, I think there's a good possibility that Rashad Penny ends up getting more of the passing game work and, you know, split some of the running game work. So I, I think that Rashad Penny and, and Burita being top 24, um, like I don't even think they need injuries to happen for that to happen. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to say Habanero. I, I don't feel like it's quite to the ghost pepper level. So that I feel pretty, pretty comfortable giving it a Habanero. It's, it's definitely a, a spicy take. It's, it's, it's no milk take here. Um, that, that's that's kind of my thought. Oh, the good old milk take. Kind of forgot about that. We haven't done these in a little while. We haven't. And it probably doesn't help that I'm a big Penny fan. So, you know, where they finished last year, Penny's the only one really that, that finished outside these parameters. Or, you know, Breida finished just outside. But um, I, I'm a big Penny fan, and, and I just believe that, that Chris Carson uh, is uh, not a non-factor, but – it probably doesn't help. I would imagine there's there's people out there listening that think, you know, Trey, you're crazy. This should be like ghost pepper. Uh, but but I think the fact that I really believe in Rashad Penny um, probably makes makes it a little less spicy for me. Yeah, I, I, so I'd be willing to go ghost pepper uh, because Matt Breida coming into last year, uh, I was him and uh, Alfred Morris were the starters. And he still finished outside of the top uh, 24, just barely. I mean, in, in, Ryan, we're talking total points scored, I assume, with this kind of uh, yeah. mm-hmm. take on here. And uh, at, But uh, I'm also okay with Habanero and putting it in the middle. I, I feel like there's the two reaches uh, are obviously the bottom two. I, I, another clarification, Ryan, is are Gurley and DJ both going to be top 12 or are all these just finishing in the top 24? No, I'm saying specifically Gurley and DJ top 12. Okay. Uh, I'd, uh, I mean, I'd be willing to bend, Trey, but I also am totally fine with Habanero. Well, you, you guys don't have to agree passionate. necessarily. You guys give your own take. So if, yeah. if, if so. Right, I'll, go, I'll go Ghost Pepper. I All think- right. All right. So averaging out to 3.5 to start us off. So, so pretty good. We're just getting you warmed up, listeners. We're just getting you warmed up. That's just a little, little appetizer. You know, those are the. Um, just the regular hot wings. So, Will, let's let's see if we can crank it up a level with this uh, with your first hot bold spicy take. Well, Trey was supposed to accept my trade quicker. Uh, <laughs> it was a third round superflex dynasty startup pick and like a you know sixth round dynasty superflex uh, pick, maybe even seventh, depending on the league you're in, uh, for a first round one. So anyway, that hasn't happened yet. It will by the end of the show, hopefully. But uh, my, my poll prediction for this year is, is James Conner finishes the RB1 overall. And next year will be a first-round starter pick, uh, going, I guess, going into 2020 in Dynasty. I'm going to just do standard for that, though, uh, to say that he's a top you know, 12 position player. I don't want to do it in Superflex because that might move. Like if Watson stays healthy and has a really good year, I can see that bumping him out. So let's just go like top 12 uh, kind of standard PPR Dynasty pick going into next year. The reasons for this – even though maybe I shouldn't go into them, I should let you guys choose your, 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 your hotness first, even though I, written, I wrote it down in the show sheet, but I won't share it quite yet in my, in my passion enthusiasm. It's low. It's horrible. Trey, you should make that deal. So you're, you're saying James Conner as the overall running back one. Yeah, he finishes top of the, top of the you know, king top, of the castle. Top of the heap. Okay. The, yeah. So that's pretty hot, although. I'm going, I, I guess I'm going PPR here. Okay. Okay. PPR. So I don't think that's ridiculous. Although I do think that's really, really, really 
spicy because there are some really elite guys he has to 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 jump over. And the first round startup pick, that's also um, you know, tough to, to see happening even if he finishes well, I guess if he finishes the overall RB one and had like a girly esque year like Gurley did a couple of years ago, then then he's definitely gonna jump into that that first round startup. So I don't know. I guess I'm struggling with this, but I do think it's hot to say he's going to be the overall running back one. So I, I, I was first saying, thinking Habanero, but the more I think about number one running back, I, I guess I'm leading Ghost Pepper. Trey, what, do you, what are you thinking? So last year, James Conner, before missing three games toward the end of the season, at least in half PPR, I believe was the running back two. Um, maybe running back three, just depending on the scoring format. So I do, however, believe that there's, I mean, I know everybody thinks that Juju is the new number one wide receiver in dynasty, but I, I really, I don't think you can underestimate. Is the that loss. RB seven points per game? No, no, no. I'm saying before he, before he missed those games though. Cause so I think it, it takes out yeah points per game. He was seventh. Right, right. So anyway, he, he you know, I, I think Antonio Brown being removed from that offense is being slightly undervalued and, and underappreciated. Um, despite the fact I know that there were some, you know, stats and, and numbers um, that the geeks were putting out showing what a, a fall off Antonio Brown had he still was very productive and, and is a, is a massive threat on the other side of the field. So all of that to say, I think that this, the sledding could be a little more challenging for James Conner this year. I, for, for me, it's not as much the RB one overall. That's, that's hot, right. To, to finish ahead of CMC and Barkley and Kamara and, and guys like Gurley and DJ um, who still have the potential, I think is, um, hot enough but to say that he's a first round startup pick in dynasty in 2020 in a standard one quarterback league if we're looking at like full ppr um because you know barring some sort of catastrophic injury you know there's seven or eight guys that are not moving there right the the top three or four running backs the top three or four wide receivers so he basically is fighting for a spot at the end of the first round there against guys like mixon and chubb and dalvin cook and you know just I think that it's a – for me, this is Carolina Reaper. Um, I think that the likelihood of him finishing as the RB1 overall and being a first-round startup pick in Dynasty are kind of, you know, tied together. Uh, but but I just – I think it's super hot. So. All right. You definitely kicked it up a, a notch for sure. I'm, I'm still going to go with Ghost Pepper only because I, I think if he – I think they tie into each other. So – and and I I do think that Connor has that potential. I, I I'm with you, Trey. I, I think maybe we're understating the impact that Antonio Brown had on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. But I you know I I, I mean Ghost Pepper is still darn darn spicy. So um, that's good. Four point five. You happy with that, Will? No, I'd like to go back to yours and make it a milk. <laughs> well, put your running back finishing top three four. Number one overall. Get out of town. I, I have to have All four. Right. I have to have four things happen. You basically have to have one thing happen. Well, two. No, because one is is correlated directly to the other. If James Conner has a number one overall finish, I mean, he's there's no way he's not in the first round. If David Williams has a number one overall finish, he won't be in the first round. 
it's not it's not they're not correlation so the all right all right you big all right fine fine i will i'll up i'll up it to carolina reaper just to make happy because i want to keep the show moving along i don't want anyone to have any Uh, feelings here so i'll I'll go carolina reaper but you just barely got there so so one part of it is i still think he so he's coming back i think james connor looks better he took it's a third preseason game it's a little bit reading too far into this but it's a bold take here uh, he played all the first team snaps. Uh, Todd Haley is a, a year removed from being their OC, so their trade just has happened over the course of last year. It was Evan Silva, and I can't remember which podcast it was on. But he talks about Ben Roethlisberger hating Todd Haley because he'd always try to run like an up the gut run on first and ten uh, all the time, and it was just you know trying to it was stalling their drives. It was putting them in bad situations, and their talent of that team got them out of it. And I think that they're going to be a little bit more innovative this year. Yes, Antonio Brown is gone, and I think it's good. it may hurt the offense overall. But still a great core of talent on the Steelers. I think we're, we're discounting what they actually can do on offense. And I think he could easily have – I shouldn't say easily. I, I think his ceiling uh, his ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan would say. And I think he, if he you know, were to rush for uh, the same amount of touchdowns last year then add a couple more receiving, that he could be in that 20-touchdown total range. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I, I've just been rising on James Conner the more I'm seeing him. And so I, I am trying to scoop him up where I can. And I am willing to overpay <coughs> Trey and, and where I can try to acquire James Conner. I, I had sold him a little bit earlier in the offseason because I was trying to maximize value. But now I, I might be trying to buy him back. And that's just kind of how I, I guess it's going to work this year. Very exciting. Yeah. No, no I, those are great points. Great I actually believe line. in this. Like, it's not just, this isn't just like for funsies. Yeah. I believe in it too. That's why I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm excited to have him on my roster. Okay. Trey, let's move on to your first hot, bold, spicy take of 2019. Yeah. And I, I'm actually, I'm actually willing to bump this up a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to on the fly. Um, I'm going to addend my, my spicy take here. I'm going to, I'm going to say that Will Fuller finishes as a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, in 2019 I think that Will Fuller is one of the most massively underrated wide receivers in general in fantasy and dynasty circles Um, and I I I do understand that a part of that has to do with his injury history and and I think you know I I felt like it was already pretty spicy watch me edit the show sheet I had originally said he'd be a top 15 and um, you know I I felt like that's pretty He's been in the NFL three years and he started, you know, 13, 10, and seven games played in 14, 10, and seven. So he, he's actually playing in less games year after year. He also is coming off an ACL injury last year, which, you know, is pretty well documented that, you know, receivers tend to, and even some running backs, you know, ten, it, it tends to take them a year getting back on the field. I, I just think that it's a, for, for me, it's a belief in the talent. It's a belief in, um, that offense and the fact that they are, you know, I think it's been Evan Silva who's talked about it a couple times that they had the easiest schedule in the NFL last year and they have the hardest schedule in the NFL this year. So I think that Houston is going to be playing behind more often than not. And Deshaun Watson is incredibly efficient and actually more productive from a, from a fantasy perspective when playing from behind, which is kind of, you know, rare for quarterbacks. So I think that there's just an incredible opportunity. Obviously, losing Lamar Miller 
and 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 you know is there there's some belief that it's going to lead to the Texans passing more um and I just believe in the talent so I I'm going to go Will Fuller top 12 wide receiver Hey Will I'm going to let you go first on this um cuz I I don't know I'm, oh, I'm Ghost little... Pepper for sure <laughs> Yeah well, I mean, like, I assume you're talking overall fantasy points and assuming health, Trey, right? Like, not points per yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Not no, that no, it would yeah, overall, like, matter that much. But I think that's really important to this uh, bold, spicy take. Uh, or, sorry, I meant to say Carolina Reaper, not Ghost Pepper right away. Uh, Carolina Reaper, for sure. Top 12 is, is a very, very fringy uh, wide receiver finish to get into. And what separated, like, 12 from 15 last year, because I was very curious, Trey, and I looked this up as you were changing it, Uh, We're looking at, so Odell Beckham finished his wide receiver 15 in PPR last year. No bonuses, no nothing, like just overall straight PPR, you know, points with a six-point, you know, touchdown. But he was was, uh, 28 points behind Keenan Allen. And that 28-point gap is actually, to me, is pretty big. Not that it wouldn't have been just as spicy before. And I I love Will Fuller, but calling it out like this, that's massive. Uh, And I think this is a great take. I love Will Fuller's talent. I assume Ryan uh, also thinks it's even hotter because Ryan hates small-handed people. And I think Will Furla only has like eight-and-a-half-inch hands. So You know, the, the one guy I like with small hands in the National Football League is Will Fuller. So I, I have a, a kind of a bias here because I am also huge, a big, a big huge Will Fuller fan. But I, I'm with you. I, I, you have to give it Carolina Reaper. Uh, and that's why this take is pretty brilliant, Trey, because it, it – it, like a lot has to go right. He's got to, you know, come back from, from injury. He's got to stay healthy all 16 games for, for it to happen. But at the same time, if that, if those things come together, he certainly could be a top 12 uh, wide receiver in fantasy. And I think they're obviously going to have to throw the ball more. So I, I love the take. So I, I it's brilliant because I have to give it Carolina Reaper, but at the same time um, acknowledge, you know, so it, it's kind of weird because it's, it's, I could see it happening, but at the same time, it would be incredible if it happened because the guy has a track record of not staying healthy the whole year. It just, and usually guys like this, they, they're going to miss some games. So it's a great take. Yeah. yeah, And and it's one I believe in too. I mean, it's, you know, it's one, and and obviously, you know, the, the, uh, this, this take coming true automatically makes fantasy football profitable for me in 2019 because I have so many shares of Will Fuller. I think I have like 25% exposure to Will Fuller across my dynasty league. So, yeah. So in, 20, in 2017, he finished his wide receiver 61 uh, overall in full PPR. Let's find it right here from last year. Uh, just so we have a two-year track record. He finished his wide receiver 69. Very nice 69 uh, overall. We go back to well, – I don't really – I don't feel we need to go back uh, further because he was only in the second year then. But, yeah, that, I mean, this is a big jump. That's what I want to stress with this and why, to me, it's easily Carolina Reaper. Uh, I, I like it, but I, I, think, I, think, I think top 12 is, is a reach, and I'm all for the, 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 the spiciness of this bad boy. All right, let's move on to the next round of Hot Bolt Spicy Takes. We're going to mix up the order a little bit. Will, I've got you down next, so give your second Hot Bolt Spicy Take of the evening. Oh, all right, here we go. So uh, my, sec- my second bold hot spicy take, I'm just going to say it, and then you guys have seen it, but I'll, uh, I'll talk about it afterwards, uh, will be Chris Godwin in 
I'm going to go half point PPR, finishes outside of the top 24 wide receivers. Oh, I, I thought you were going to go on and say some other things. So basically, because well, no, I don't want to affect your guys' ratings here, and then, and then I'll rant later. But you, I mean, the, the passion will be poured into it. So I, I guess, do I, do I go first here, Trey, or do you want to go first? Um, it's okay. If, you, if, you, if you're ready, go for it. Yeah, for me, I see this could happen pretty easily for me. Chris Godman finishes outside the top 24 because, like, I'm trying to think where he is in the – I know he's getting a lot of hype. I know, I know he's getting a lot of hype. But, you know, obviously you have Mike Evans there. You have O.J. Howard there, who I think is going to take a leap. So I think he's third in line for targets. Yes, could that t- Tampa Bay offense support all of those guys? Um, certainly. He finished 25th last year. It and he finished, so he finished 25th. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I don't think it's that hot, but I don't think it's um, like, you know, banana pepper either. I don't know. I, I guess I need to consult with Trey here. Cause I'm, I'm wavering. I think the hottest I could go with this would be habanero, but I, I think I'm leaning more towards jalapeno, but it's the problem is I think Trey, you and I are both kind of on the same page with, with Godwin. Right. Maybe. And I think all of us are that, yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. I think maybe he's going to be a solid wide receiver three, but I think his upside is like wide receiver two, you know? I don't know. Where, where people are drafting him like, he's got a chance to be a wide receiver one. I, I don't see that. I just don't see him getting that kind of volume. I don't know. So, Trey, help it's me out. 40 spots higher than Will Fuller's best finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think – I'll, I'll get to my – so, I'll get to my, my uh, spice – rating here in a minute i'm gonna just kind of talk uh, i'm gonna wax poetic here about Chris <laughs> Godwin. this is this is a guy that's been a hardcore sell for me in dynasty all off season um but but he is a guy that has piqued my interest from from a redraft sense um i do get a feeling that if he plays 16 games he's almost a lock for top 24 because I really do feel like that the and, – and, and this is not original thought. You know, one of the guys that moves the needle for me the most and the way I think about players from a redraft perspective is Evan Silva. I don't feel like there's many people that are as plugged in to the goings-on of the NFL and the intricacies of, of what teams are going to look like. He obviously doesn't know the future, and he is wrong plenty. Um, you know, but, but he's, he's – taking and, and and not only that he's playing in like you know several thousand dollar entry uh redraft leagues tournaments and yeah, i mean he's taking chris godwin in rounds three and four and if he gets him in round five he's like stoked about it so that you know, this is a guy that i incredibly respect from a redraft perspective and he's just crushing chris godwin everywhere he can and so the 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 narrative that he's putting out which i really am beginning to believe is quite obvious is that the target concentration, right? Normally a a wide receiver in an offense, if they're over 20% of the target volume, you know, that's considered to be an elite volume, right? 20 to 25% of the target volume. And I think that we realistically could see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and OJ Howard all exceed 20% of the pass volume in Tampa, because outside of those three guys, the pass catching options, in that offense are, I mean, a massive step down. And so I do think that with a guy like OJ Howard being the mismatch he is and 
Mike Evans on the outside and the respect that he's going to require defense to pay as far as safety help on that side because, you know, Evans is more of the deep threat down the field. And the fact that Chris Godwin appears to be most running most of his routes from the slot, I think are all just positive things for him. So I'm beginning to come around. You know, I, I you know, did a, a redraft, uh, this keeper draft, uh, and I this, this past weekend. And I forget what round I took Chris Godwin in, but he's essentially my wide receiver too, and I couldn't be happier. So I do think it's hot in that regard. The, the biggest problem for me is that, like, negative takes like this, all it takes is Chris Godwin missing three or four games. And, and the wide receiver 14 can drop down to like wide receiver 25, right? So, you know, there's so many ways that Will gets this right. If, if there's an injury, if he misses time, even, even if it's not a major injury, just something nagging that kind of limits him for three, four games. Um, so I, I am willing to go to Habanero just because I really do. I, I literally almost put just to kind of, you know, explain – I literally almost myself put the Bucks trio. I, I, I almost put that um, Mike Evans, Jameis Winston, and O.J. Howard were all going to finish in the top six at their position and that Chris Godwin finished in the top 12 at his position. Um, so I, I believe, I'm beginning to believe that there's a real opportunity for Chris Godwin to have a big, big season there this year just because of the concentration of targets. I still don't want to pay what people are paying for him in Dynasty. Uh, because I don't know how long that, you know, all that, all they, you know, they had a, a, a wide receiver three. Um, that, and I don't even know who their third, I guess Brashad Perriman's their third wide receiver right now. Um, so anyway, that, that's my, that's my rationale. I'm, I'm willing to go up to Habanero because I think he's going to have a big season. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that breakdown Trey, And I, and I think, that's fair because you're right. The indic there it, it at some point you've got to pay attention to the indications that he's going to have a pretty big year. But I but I, I you really put that out there kind of kind of what I was thinking too that there are just a couple things that could happen and all of a sudden this take becomes true. Like like for example, Jameis Winston that that Tampa Bay offensive line is horrible. Jameis Winston, how many sacks did he take against the Cleveland Browns? And granted, they've got a great defensive line, but I mean. What if Jameis gets hurt and is out, and you've got already that's a win Blaine, for Godwin. Blaine Gabbert is has a, this not dislocated shoulder, and then you've got um, is it Ryan Griffin is the is the quarterback then? So, uh, you know that's that's one example. But but for me, it's just not. Will you want to change the take to try to get a little spicier? Because I I just think there are a couple of things that could happen that all of a sudden this happens, and you know with like with injury, like Trey said. So oh, I need to know like a limits there to where, where I'm willing to go. Uh, but but no, I just want this to be where it is, and, and I'll explain the points here in a little bit. Uh, Chris, I mean, Chris okay, Godwin is a, a fourth round pick in in redraft leagues, and to say that your fourth round pick is going to finish outside of the top twenty four wide receivers, I feel. I mean, I, f- I feel like that should dedicate a little bit of uh, spiciness for it. Well, I'll g- I'm giving you a habanero, which is which is like not bad. It, it, that's that's you know, I mean, come on, you're not you know, what one thing, one thing to happen. And it's not like you said, he finished outside of the, if you want to change it outside the top 36, man, I'll, I'll bump up the heat. No, no point. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big drop down. to like bump up the heat. Back to say he's going to finish wide receiver 69, like Will Fuller. Uh, 
But I, okay, I, I have I four play, four running backs have to have to do the same thing. You give me the same habanero. You have one guy that needs to do one thing. I mean, come on. They're, they're all they're all on a, the difficulty. It's pretty those, easy. Those guys are very ambiguous depth charts. Like the page top twenty four is blah. Uh, and I give you Coast Pepper, but I think habanero is totally fine. I'm not against that. That's, that's not a big deal to me. The one thing I wanted to rant about though was Chris Godwin, and and Trey. This was a point you brought up in the Voxer chat, and it was. Comparing any of their wide receiver to what Larry Fitzgerald did in that, in that Bruce Arians offense in the slot isn't good process. We're only focusing on what they did positively uh, with Larry Legend, the second Larry Legend, uh, and, and maximizing that talent and what he did. That's not really – I just don't feel like that's apples to apples at all. And it's, it's a lot of what you hear uh, in, the, in the industry right now. It's like saying, okay, the slot receiver gets these amount of targets, he's at this amount of production. But, but Chris Godwin – will never be Larry Fitzgerald. And I, I'm totally happy in saying that because just because we might not ever see a same kind of a player that Larry Fitzgerald has been. Has been. Uh, so one, another thing is uh, with kind of going about process is we're also willing to excuse uh, Bruce Arians' lack of use of the tight end because O.J. Howard is so talented, but he didn't use the tight end, you know, in Arizona, but we're willing to interchange uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Chris Godwin, but not O.J. Howard in the tight end there. And th- that mixed match of talent is, is just kind of, enlightening for me when I was when I was talking when I was thinking about this and, and putting this out there that we may be uh just just try to do apples to apples when you're looking at coaching and look at the players that they're u- using and what they're utilizing from them and then I also want to just bring up a fun small sample size fact in weeks 14 through 16 so specifically uh your playoff weeks so Chris Godwin put up 2.3 points while playing 90 basically 92 percent of snaps uh zero points in 91% of snaps, it was against Baltimore, so maybe give him a break. And then 6.9 points, playing 82% of the snaps in Week 16. Uh, this is a horrible, horrible stat line for somebody you're probably counting on in your fantasy playoffs as a starting wide receiver because you just started to break out. Uh, literally a donut in Week 15. I think people that own Godwin have a little bit of sour taste in their mouth from last year. And so just know the variability. And I know that there is, uh, you know, who, who is healthy, who wasn't. But – I don't trust that, that Chris Godwin is going to be this prolific player. And that's why I thought putting him top 24 was low because of the hype around the community and what he's getting. Also, a fun player profile like Cherry Pickens had. Uh, he had 0.47 points per route, which was number 37 in the NFL. And that was with a 67.7% snap share, which was 82nd in the league. And uh, 1.93 points per target, which was 39th. And what I think, and when I was looking at those, and if, if this is literally just cherry-picking stats, but to think that you're going to have an elite wide receiver, you're going to start taking this guy in the, the third and fourth round. And, I, you know, I, I heavily respect Evan Silva and, and how they're going to use uh, Chris Godwin and his opinions on what they're going to do in that offense. But I, I want an elite wide receiver to do better with that. I, I want to see something higher than that where I'm going to reach for a guy who's the second wide receiver on a team where we don't know exactly how that's going to go next year. And just because he plays the slot, and he only played the slot 24% of snaps that he, he played last year, that's not, it's not enough for me to put Chris Godwin up high enough to, to take him that high. I want the alpha dogs on a team. I want the, the ones. And I even made a joke last night in that, in that draft that I was taking wide receiver twos on teams. I was like, I'm the wide receiver two of my family, which I thought was pretty funny. But anyway, long story short, I think Chris Godwin has way more downside than what people are, are factoring in. All right. Very good. Very good. So you've heard both sides of the Chris Godwin debate. That's awesome. The Tampa Bay offense, 
it's fascinating. It's going to be so interesting to watch to see what unfolds. So many interesting dynasty players from the wide receivers to Jameis Winston to the running back situation. What's going to happen with Ronald Jones? Well, I can tell you he's going to bust. But it's cool because that second Thursday night game is Tampa Bay at Carolina. That's going to be a lot of fun. So I can't wait to check that one out. All right. Oh, Gerald McCoy's going to have like eight sacks. <laughs> let's, <Cannot wait. laughs> all right, let's move on. So, Trey, I, I kind of gave you a, a little bit of a segue there. W- what's your next Hot Bold Spicy Take? You did. And, and I want to I lay the groundwork for this because, you know, I, I don't think maybe at, at first glance this, this comes off as, as spicy as, you know, some people may think. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I think – I think you guys probably are a little more on board with me on, on some of this. Um, but my, my take is surrounding the Carolina passing offense. And, and I think one of the reasons this is a little spicier than at first glance is, you know, m- many people probably know that North Turner is the offensive coordinator in Carolina and North Turner has always really been kind of known for, you know, his, his rushing offenses, right? He, he is, uh, I, I feel like still a, a pretty, incredible offensive mind in the game, but, but usually it's more the rushing side, right? He, he came from the Vikings, the, you know, historically he's had some, some incredible rushing performances, single, single season, phenomenal performances and, and overall team performances. But, but I'm, I'm focusing more on the passing offense. And, and, and this just has to do with one, a, a real belief in Cam Newton and, and a belief that what we saw last year was significantly uh, impacting Cam was his, the, the shoulder, right? And and the issues he was having with the shoulder. Um, obviously, there's risk there for re-injury, and now he's got this foot. But I still believe in Cam. So I've got Cam finishing as a top six quarterback this year. Um, secondly, I anticipate that we're going to see a breakout for DJ Moore, and I've got DJ Moore finishing as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, and then finally, to top it off, um, I've got Curtis Samuel finishing as a top 24 wide receiver. So Cam top six, more top 12 and, and Samuel top 24. PPR? Half PPR? Uh, you know, either. Both. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> we'll say by I default, probably, if, if it's not stated on the, in the take, it'll be half point PPR by default. So you can have yeah, that's kind of what I had in mind because I don't expect more or Samuel either one to be like, you know, hundred catch guys. Um, I I expect them to 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 probably just do more with less as far as. Oh, know, I see what you did there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was nice. Okay, um, is it my turn to go first? Will or you want to you want to tackle? No, you go around. You go around. Okay, so breaking this down. I think it is interesting, and I think there are a couple of variables here. Number one, Cam Newton, his health. I think the foot's okay, but he's getting older. He doesn't rush the ball as much anymore as as he used to, and that was a big part of him putting up those big uh, quarterback one numbers that he put up. So top six, and and with the quarterback landscape that we have, especially the top 15 to 18 quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's tough for me. DJ Moore, I love, I love, love, love. I'm high on DJ Moore this year. You guys know I love DJ Moore. But top 12, if he reaches top 12, a lot of competition in the top 12. And Curtis Samuel, top 24, man, uh, that's, that's pretty bold for me. So I'm at the very least at a ghost pepper. Because you got to have these three things happen. 
and I mean, could, could I see it happening? For, for me, the reason it's Ghost Pepper, because I Curtis Samuel top 24. If you look at the targets in an offense, your, your number one guy is going to be CMC. Then it's going to be DJ Moore. Greg Olson, the foot seems healthy. I know it's a ticking time bomb with him, but I think he's going to be their number three target in the offense. I think he's going to be pretty productive. So I think that puts Samuel as their number four option in the passing game, and, and I just don't see – him reaching top 24 status although i think he's gonna have some big weeks i love curtis samuel as a best ball guy because he's gonna have some monster weeks so so i'm feeling at least a ghost pepper will what do you think am i too low too high oh too too low i I think this is carolina reaper this is a really bold call we have a a five-point scale and it has to tip one way or the other and to to me one dj moore being a top 12 wide receiver next year is that's a huge leap for him and most great wide receivers break out in year two. That's what you want to see. But but top top twelve, that's really tough uh, to do. And so to call that that's going to happen again, you have to get there's and and Trey made a good point about mine with a negative take. Like it's easier to do. I didn't really think about while I was doing it, but it, it is a little bit easier to say negative things because you have more variance with that rather than somebody staying healthy and playing all you know sixteen games. So I think for more to finish as a top twelve is is a massive, massive, massive. Uh, take there. I think that by itself is huge. Uh, and then Curtis Samuel finished top twenty-four. I think that's a. I mean, that's still that's still pretty big on on a you know on a passing offense. And I think with those two combined, though, that kind of assumes that then Cam is going to be top six. That's kind of the most boring part of it to me. But the other two, uh, for all this to come together, uh, it's, it's Carolina Reaper pretty easily. Uh, I love it because I I I do like the. The, the Panthers and I want them I want this offense to be high powered like that and it's funny the way that their organization has changed from drafting just like big bodied wide receivers to these little fast guys and who can who can run routes and, and run after the catch and I, I, I hope this does happen and I hope you get a right trade and I hope you get Carolina Reaper because you've learned it yeah, yeah you're I, right I, well I, I'm sorry I'm sorry just no. just throw in the, the, talking it out you're right if if both uh, DJ Moore is top 12 and, and Curtis Samuel top 24. That would be pretty remarkable. And I, I hope it happens too. Cause I love Carolina um, after watching all or nothing, you know, I, I like Cam Newton is just like just such a interesting guy. And yeah, so I'm cheering for them this year, at least when they're not playing the bears and yeah, I'll, I'll bump it to Carolina Reaper. It's the Carolina Panthers. Got to go Carolina Reaper with the stake, right? That's right. I, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm too enthusiastic I'm really... about hot takes though. <laughs> I'm coming around on this offense. I think, I think they've got some special things in store for them. And, and, you know, part of this too is if, if you look at, and and I know you have to be kind of careful at how you, you look at, uh, you know, strength of schedule this time of year. But if you look at the strength of schedule weeks one through 17, um, Carolina has the number one most ideal strength of schedule for quarterbacks and the number two, most ideal strength of schedule for wide receivers. So um, I, I do think that there's a very realistic chance. If, if I had to, I would, I would put my money on Carolina winning that division, which I know I think is pretty bold. I think they're going to be a top 10 offense. I, I think, I think that this, I mean, the weapons, this, this is by far and away the best set of weapons that Camden's ever had. I mean, people, with, with in relation to DJ Moore, and, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, um, Ryan, especially, I mean, DJ, what he accomplished as an age 20, I mean, the guy, he was a 21 year old rookie 
last year. I, I mean, and, and not just like he had his birthdays in April. So when last year, when, when last season started in September, I mean, it wasn't like he was almost 22. I mean, he was literally like not even 21 and a half. And, and he, he, he put up 960 yards from scrimmage. And that's the thing kind of, you know, hidden in his game. He had 172 rushing yards. They used him in so many different ways. He was targeted 82 times as a, as a rookie. Um, I just think that the opportunity for a breakout there for him, I'm, I'm so excited to see DJ Moore this year. I'm, I'm really excited. This is the first year, you know, I've, I've been trying to become a Carolina Panthers fan since moving to uh, North Carolina. And this is the year, man. This is, I'm all in. I'm, I'm watching. They, they got the Rams up in week one. They get them at home. Um, and and I, I think that they're going to outclass the Rams offense week one and take down the Rams. I cannot wait. It's, it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling, pulling hard for the Panthers this year. I've got some C, I've added some CMC, CMC shares this off season. Got a lot of DJ Moore, a lot of Cam Newton. So it's going to be, going to be a good time. Nice. Save the game predictions for the next next week's show, right? So, yeah. by the way, we're we're dropping this show on. We're going back to our regular schedule. If you haven't noticed, this we're showing up early in your feed. So, dropping this show Thursday. Uh, next week's show, we're back to the normal season schedule. Thursday shows we'll record Wednesday night. It's actually seven and a half days until the NFL stats. That's right. Okay. So, one of our Patreon listeners, and you can become one too if you go to Patreon.com/slash/FantasyJoes is a guy that has a nickname dynasty eeyore so this is kind of a dynasty eeyore take for me taking a page out of Corey's book hello Corey. here's my take green bay packers have three standouts on offense the first one you're not think, going to think this is a bull necessarily although if you look at those last two years maybe you will aaron Rodgers is going to finish at least as a qb3 i think he's going to finish as a qb3 behind Deshaun Watson, the QB1, and Patrick Mahomes, QB2. Devontae Adams is going to finish as your overall, overall wide receiver one. And wait for it, Jimmy Graham, am, am I crazy, guys? Overall, tight end number three. Now, I think I have to explain the Jimmy Graham part of this equation. Or maybe, let me, I'll explain that in a second. I'll let you guys react to it first because this is kind of crazy. Maybe this is just like a ridiculous take. Or maybe you guys think this is not so bold. I don't know. We'll see what you guys say. Now, if there was anything, if there was anything that was greater than Carolina Reaper, this take would get it. It would get it all. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm actually going to institute the double Carolina Reaper. All right, it's a it's six points instead of five, and uh, it's because you take two <laughs> the of these peppers <laughs> and stick you stick two of these stupidly hot peppers in your mouth at the same time like you you know your friends are like eating a, a carolina reaper and, and everyone's impressed and you're like oh yeah hold my beer so I, I mean i think that aaron Rodgers being a top three quarterback ryan you mentioned in the landscape of quarterbacks right now to finish top three is it unreasonable no not at all but to call that shot is still really kind of stepping up and saying you know he's he, he's going to be better than than all but two other um quarterbacks in fantasy then you you top that by saying that Devontae Adams is going to and he finished last year's wide receiver one right so again you know in and of itself it's not completely 
crazy to think that he could finish his wide receiver one again. But in the landscape of all the talented wide receivers, the elite wide receivers in the league, you know, for him to, to finish as that wide receiver one overall again, that's, that's a, a bold take. Combine those two, and, and we're getting pretty hot here. But then you come with the Jimmy Graham situation. And, and he doesn't have a Saints jersey anymore. He's not catching passes from uh, old uh, Drew Brees. Uh, so, I mean, this is where, it, to me, because I believe that we're going to see Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard push themselves up into that top tier with Kelsey and Ertz and Kittle. I, I think that, you know, there's a possibility that O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram are two top three tight ends. So for me to think that Jimmy Graham's going to be in a, the top three of the tight ends is what takes this, you know, flying out of the orbit. So double, double Carolina Reaper all the way here. All right. Well, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I have a double Carolina Reaper was a thing. Uh, Jimmy Graham to finish tight end three is, I mean, it's, it's weird, but we'll, we'll go with it. Uh, that just, I think you're banking on the fact that uh, Green Bay doesn't have a lot of wide receiver, like shown talent overall, like not, not big producers. Nobody is the uh, Randall Cobb to Devonte Adams, Jordan Nelson coming into this year. And that, that's a, that, that's a big one. I think Devonte Adams be wired for one of bold enough calls is Trey said, uh, Aaron Rodgers, QB3, and Jimmy Graham, Stein 3. I don't think it matters. I'm, I'm fine with double, double Carolina Reaper because there's just no way. So, so let me ex- explain myself. And I, I agree, probably the Jimmy Graham as tight end three is a little bit ridiculous. But I think we are really, really – the reason I wanted to, to put the stake in here is I do really believe in Jimmy Graham this year. Um, yeah, a lot would have to happen right for him to be the tight end three. I get that. But he was number six in targets last year and a down year for Aaron Rodgers – he was banged up uh, throughout the year, was nagging injuries, that type of thing. Um, so, and I know he's older, and tight ends, they, they tend to break down over time. They get injured a lot. But if Jimmy Graham can stay healthy and Aaron Rodgers bounces back to the Aaron Rodgers of, of three, four years ago, which I think is going to happen this year. I mean, I mean, okay, Jimmy Graham caught two touchdowns last year. Uh, and there's there's going to be positive TD regression. So if he still is among the top six, five, six tight ends in targets in the NFL, and he sees those looks in the end zone, I think they're going to look to him in the end zone. So, okay, maybe tight end three is a little bit ridiculous, but I think Jimmy Graham is going to be a valuable asset um, among tight ends. Um, I mean, I'm not going to change it. I, I put it on the show sheet. I'm going to leave it tight end three, but I don't think – I think that's – I think there's a small chance that could happen. And I think tight end six, seven, eight is, is pretty realistic, actually. So maybe I'm crazy, but no one's talking about Jimmy Graham. I want to talk about him. I want our listeners to think about Jimmy Graham, a guy you can acquire real cheap in Dynasty. And yeah, maybe he gets injured and this all falls apart. But I, I think there is a pathway that's not completely unrealistic for Jimmy Graham to have a huge year. And I, I just want to get that on record. So if he has a big year, even if I don't get the take right, I, I want to – I'm going to get that on the record because people are just overlooking him. They're just dismissing him completely. And, and he's a talented guy. He's done it before. He, he, he got the targets last year. If he gets the targets this year, he gets more reds and looks. I think it's going to happen. He's going to have a great year. The problem though, even be with it, he was sixth in targets, but he still finished. I think I'm looking, I just pulled up some statistics here. Looks like he finished as the tight end 14. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't have the so, touchdowns. I mean, it's so yeah. dependent on the touchdowns. He only had two. I think he's going to have more touchdowns, but I could be wrong. We'll see. 
He's going to outscore Ebron? <laughs> this would st- – for me, just for the record, this would still be Carolina Reaper for me if you said Jimmy Graham was top six. I mean, I, I still – like, I, I think Jimmy Graham's going to have some fantasy value. I also wonder – you know, one of the things I think that's always propped up Aaron Rodgers' fantasy value is the fact that he's – they've been heavily, heavily pass-oriented in the red zone. And I don't wonder if under this new regime, if we don't see them, you know, it, it is really – you know, obviously the, the, the classic example is is the uh, – um, I'm blanking. The Seahawks um, passing from the one-yard line, right? Like they didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl. You know, what, what are you thinking? How do you not run the ball down there? And, and I think that if you have, have watched and, – and, Ryan, you probably know this better than anyone being a Bears fan. You, you probably are more – uh, watch more, you know, Packers games just in the, the times that they play twice each year. I mean, I feel like the Packers throw the ball inside the 10 more than any team in the NFL. And, and I just think that you, that it's almost a guarantee that we're going to see that change. They do have a couple running backs there that I think are functional. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, it's, I, I like it. I think it's a, I, I don't disagree that, that I think Jimmy Graham's going to have some production and he kind of is a forgotten guy. Um, it, it, pro- it probably depends on Coach Rogers, whatever he wants to do in the red zone tray. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's move along with our last three takes. I, I would looking ahead. Um, these are all pretty spicy. I don't know that they're all going to get coming a Reaper, but I think all three of us we we brought the heat here at the end. So Trey, I got you leading us off. So let's 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 begin to take us home with your last take. We'll we'll kind of speed through these a little bit. Yeah, I'll do it. I. Uh... My last take, and I'll just jump right to it, and I'll give a brief little synopsis to keep it short. Uh, I've got Jacob. Oh Lord, I'm having a little trouble with the English language tonight, gentlemen. Uh, Jacoby Brissett finishes. I, I heard of Jake Cutler. You think Jake Cutler's coming back to the league? <laughs> I know, Ooh, right? The Dolphins again? <laughs> Carolina <Smoking>. Reaper. <laughs> time for Devontae Parker. One more time. All right, we got a new. We got smoking Jacoby Brissett. Uh, finishes higher in fantasy than Jimmy G. And, and, and obviously the connection there is, you know, both of these guys once uh, backed up uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady. So I've got, I've got uh, Smoke and Jacoby Brissett finishing higher in fantasy than Jimmy G and leading the Colts to the playoffs. And for me, I think that what people think of Jacoby Brissett is, is one, they think that he's not Andrew Luck. And that's true. He's not Andrew Luck. And, and I don't think he has to be Andrew Luck. But two, I think what people think about with Jacoby Brissett is what they saw two years ago when he played, I think, 15 games for the Colts. But, I, I, you know, what people don't realize is that the organization and the roster that is around Jacoby Brissett right now going into 2019 is literally light years more talented and more well-coached than the roster and organization that was in place going into that 2017 season. I mean, that, that is a top five roster in the NFL and a top five coaching staff in the NFL. And that's not, you know, arguable. It's probably a top three offensive line. And so what I know about Jacoby Brissett is that he's a great leader. And what I know about Jacoby Brissett is he has an arm and he has some rushing. Okay. The guy has the ability to move around in the pocket. He's, he's probably a better, uh, you know, rusher than Andrew Luck was, even though, you know, Andrew Luck had the ability to move around and buy time. I think Jacoby Brissett, he's been getting a lot of the reps. He's going into the season, having gotten a lot of first team reps 
because of Andrew Luck's uh, unavailability during training camp and preseason. And I, and I think that the, the X factor for me is Frank Reich, okay? I, I, I think that, you know, look at what he did with Nick Foles in, in his Super Bowl MVP season. I mean, I, I think that – and it's kind of funny because, you know, Will kind of mentioned earlier the, the, the correlation there. I think that Frank Reich is going to be able to maximize Jacoby Brissett's abilities. I think he's going to be able to uh, basically adjust the offense to what Jacoby does well. I think he's a very, very smart play caller. They throw on first down a lot, which is, which is you know, plus EV for, you know, NFL, um, you know, play calling. I, I just think that he's in, a, he's, he's in a wonderful opportunity to succeed. He's got weapons. He's got, you know, some running, running backs, Mack and Hines. He's got Paris Campbell and Devin Funches and the aforementioned T.Y. Hilton. I think, you know, Ebron and Doyle. I mean, I just – I love it. I, I am so excited. I am pulling – for Jacoby Brissett, uh, he he is a you know former Florida Gator, so I got got to love him a little bit for that too. But I, I do believe in Jacoby Brissett's ability to lead this team because of the situation. Like you took him out of that situation and put him in you know half the you know you put him in Miami and he'd be awful, right? But in the situation that he's in, I think he has a real opportunity to to not just play well and produce for fantasy, but lead this team to the playoffs and. I anticipate next offseason he's going to get a contract and become a long-term starter for the Colts. Yeah, I like the points that you made, and I think maybe we are – I don't want to say sleeping on Jacoby Brissett. Maybe maybe we're underestimating him. I still don't think he is a a great quarterback talent, though, at the end of the day. So I got to give this to Carolina Reaper. Because finishing higher than Jimmy G, I I mean – we can rip Jimmy G all you want, but I think, I think Jimmy G is in a pretty good position to succeed in, in San Francisco and then leading the Colts to the playoffs. That's where you, you lost me a little bit, but, but no, I, but I do love the take. I think it's, it's, it's certainly bold. Carolina Reaper. Well said. Will, are you with me on Carolina Reaper or no? Uh, I'm a little bit fringy with the, the Garoppolo versus Brissett. I mean, I think Garoppolo is good, but I mean, Brissett started 70% more games uh, than, than Garoppolo has in his career. Uh, they both they both came out of the system there. Uh, from the from teammates, that's right. Yeah, of, of all places. And I think Brissett has a – again, I mentioned on the, the, the Patreon episode, but when we talk about Brissett, he came into that situation just in such a, such a terrible spot, like late traded, coming into a new system. At least that's when he's been there in the offseason. It's a much better coached uh, team overall. And I compared him to like like a Nick Foles, so I, I'm totally fine with him leading the Colts to the playoffs and that having that be, you know, that's that's kind of like the the fringy part of it because the AFC is a little bit tough to judge this year overall because that division with with Tennessee, uh, the Texans who are now looking to trade uh, Clowney for uh, like a third wide receiver and a backup running back, according to Roto World rumors. Uh, we have the the Jaguars, who I think actually could have a good good year this year. So I, I think the Colts might have to make the the wild card game. Oof! And then outscoring Jimmy Garoppolo. So now we're going on system between the two. I'll, uh, I mean, I'm a board for Carolina Reaper. I'm I'm willing to go that hot. I, I still like Brissett, but I think uh, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna compare the the backup Patriots uh, quarterbacks, and you're gonna call that Brissett's gonna be over Garoppolo. When Garoppolo is making like, 
thirty million dollars a year. Brissett's making like probably four. I don't know what his contract is, but it's horrible. I can only get. I can only guess. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm totally willing to go Carolina Reaper. That's a that's a nice bold take, and I like it. Uh, just for the the fact that I, th- I think it could happen, but it's bold enough to where you you've earned it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, here's the, here's the deal I would like to see. I'd like to see Washington trade Trent Williams, their left tackle, to the Texans for Clowney. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You got these disgruntled players, you know. Um, well, that should happen, right? but you know, I'm sure there are reasons it's not. And you know what? The, the Washington could throw in Adrian Peterson, and boom, we got a great deal. But that would be great for fantasy, great for everybody. Okay. Anyway, that's Ryan Ryan's GM take for the evening. Let me get to my last hot, bold, spicy take. It's it's very simple, guys. Miles Sanders. We were really excited about him going into our dynasty rookie draft. So a lot of us still are excited about Miles Sanders. But when it comes to redraft leagues, you've seen him slipping down. Yeah, you know, I see him in like the sixth round. I think I took him in the sixth round the other day in, in a redraft league. Here's my take. Miles Sanders, despite getting less targets than both Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, finishes as a top 12 running back and the leading rookie rusher. And then I'm going to throw in a little extra uh, fun thing on here. I'm also going to say Kyler Murray finishes as a top five rusher among all rookies as well. So what do you guys think? I, I just think that, I mean, Josh Jacobs is going to get a lot of volume. There's no doubt. David Montgomery, I guess that there's a little bit of a question mark because Mike Davis is there, Tariq Cohen. But I think we're sleeping on Miles Sanders, and I just, I just want to put this out here because I think he's going to have a big year. So what do you guys think? Well, to start off, I think Vegas had, what was it, Kyler Murray's uh, over, under, and rushing yards, I think it was 350 on the year. Oh, they, give, me, they, give me the over on that. On. I think I'm pretty sure 350 was talked about early on. It, it might have changed by now the way people are betting. So for him to finish as a top five rookie rusher, I mean, I don't know. Like the rest of the rookies are kind of a mixed bag. So I think him finishing at top 12, though, is uh, is, is pretty Carolina Reaper on its own. All right. Trey, what I mean, do you think? I mean, I could be talked down to Ghost Pepper, but – I don't know. Which did you say? Which did you say was Carolina Reaper on its own? He has less targets, though those guys. But I feel like if he finishes top twelve, he'll be over it. Over the like, he'll be targeted more than the other the Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery if he finishes top twelve. So I'm still, I, I don't know. I'm I'm basically on Carolina Reaper right now. Trey, talk me off the ledge. Yeah. So I don't. I'm going to walk through this. I think Miles Sanders outproduces David Montgomery this year. And, and I'm not so worried about the timeshare. Um, if you look at this, Miles Sanders, in my opinion, plays in a significantly better offense than both Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. I do now. think Josh Jacobs is going to get, is going to get inundated with volume. Um, probably the, 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 the boldest part of the take is Miles Sanders finishing as a top 12 running back. The, the leading rookie rusher, I, I can see. And, um, and then I, I do think Kyler Murray finishes a top five rusher among rookies. I, I don't think that's a Super Bowl take, to be honest. I think the, uh, the Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and David Montgomery are likely to be up there. But, it, you know, I can't think of two running backs that I think will finish. Ahead. I mean, I, you know, 350 to me seems like a really low number. I, I, I would be willing to bet the over on 500 rushing yards um so i i just think i mean you know he he's gonna have a 100 yard rushing game somewhere this season if not two uh 
just because he's going to break a long one. So I, I think that for me that, um, you know, for all of these things to happen, I probably would be willing because of the fact it's multiple. Um, and I don't want to be stingy. I'd be willing to go to, to ghost pepper. I was originally thinking habanero, but again, you know, I, I I'll go to, uh, I'll go to ghost pepper. And you guys are rough with me. Gosh, that's a lot of things that have to happen. I thought for sure this was like Carolina Reaper money in the, in the bank, but oof, you guys are tough. All right. Well, you, you, where are you at with, with, with this? So Trey, you're going, uh, where are you going? Trey, where are you ghost, going with ghost pepper, ghost pepper, ghost pepper. All right. Well, you're still ghost pepper. No, I'll go Carolina Reaper on there. Ah, there we go. Thank you. All right, Will, bring us home, man. This is the last hot, bold, spicy take of the evening. Make it a good one. Well, uh, I, I, I kind of feel – I'm not going to change it. I'm just going to leave it because I feel like I get a little bit hyped up about these, these hot, bold, spicy takes. But in full-point PPR, I'm going to go Duke Johnson, finishes a top 12 running back. He's finally being unlocked from what we've wanted to see for a long time with the, with, with the trade to an explosive offense. He was with the Browns during the down years. And I, I'm riding this hype train pretty hard. And I'm not even worried if they add another back. I think Duke Johnson is going to be amazing. And I will save the rest for after the weigh-in. All right. For, so the weigh-in, I, I, for me, it's, it's pretty easy, Carolina Reaper. Just based on – I mean, I like Duke Johnson a lot. But to suggest that he's going to be a top 12 running back, I know was in Cleveland a couple of years ago. I think he was a top 24 running back. But I – I don't know. I, I don't think that he's – they're going to bring somebody in there that's going to get some some touches and volume. It's certainly an explosive offense, but I think this is bold, Duke Johnson, and it's fun, and I like it. So I got to go Carolina Reaper. I, I love the take because it's exciting, and I hope it happens because I, I like Duke Johnson a lot, and it's nice that he has kind of a phoenix rising from the ashes because people have really just dismissed him and forgotten about him and – now he has this great situation to shine, so I hope he does it. So I'll, I'm going to go Carolina Reaper. I like it. Trey? Yeah, actually, Ryan, <clears throat> he's finished as a top 12 running back prior. I think it was running back 11 in full PPR. I, I, I don't for, – for me, I don't think it's that, quite that spicy because I, I expect – again, we talked about this. The, the Texans are – as of right now, he's the their their clear starter at running back and and likely a workhorse. Now, I think it's almost a guarantee that they add someone else. But given the draft pick that they just gave for him, I would imagine that they're adding someone that they see being more of a compliment. So so for me, I feel like he's going to be the starting running back and and likely lead the timeshare for one of the best offenses in the NFL likely this year. And they do play one of the toughest schedules, but we just talked about the, um, the, the ability of Deshaun Watson to, to produce when playing from behind. You couple that with the fact that you've got DeAndre Hopkins that demands uh, significant attention by the defense and Will Fuller, who is not just a downfield threat. I mean, he's a, he's a good route runner. He, he's able to do things all over the field. I, I really envision, and you know, the, the thing that really makes me even more convinced that this is a distinct possibility is the fact that Kiki Kuti continues to struggle with injuries. And, and I think where, where Duke Johnson really thrives is in the passing game. I, I mean, he is a capable runner between the tackles. I mean, he, he is not, and Will's going to talk about this, but you know, he, he finished at the University of Miami as the leading rusher 
um, in, in University of Miami uh, lore. And you know, there have been some incredible, incredible running backs come out of that school. So I, I do think he's being slept on a little bit. I, I think for me this probably, you know, I, it's still bold. There's a lot of running backs we expect to be um, in that top 12 contention this year. It's probably ghost pepper for me. I think it's a – I love the take too, but I, I think it's possible. I, I, don't, I don't think this is a, a really – I mean, it, it seems bold just because of the name attached to it. But, um, I mean, you know, for instance, there's, you know, I think if you were to say Aaron Jones in full PPR being top 12 running back, that wouldn't be considered that hot. And, and I think that Duke Johnson's more talented than Aaron Jones. And I think that the, the Texans offense is going to be better than the Packers offense. So, you know, I, I just think it's the name that's attached, right? People are just kind of down on, on Duke Johnson. But I think he's got a real shot to do this. So... Yeah, I, I had forgotten how good that year was in 2017, Trey. You're right. That full point PPR, he finished yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah. One clear, clarification on Kyler before, too, before we go on. It was, I think it was 450 is when it came out, not 350. Sorry, boys. Yeah, it is. I just looked it up. Actually, it's down to 4, 435 now. So, yeah. Ooh. Nice. But I'm still going to, I'm not going to change it, though. I still, I still think this is, you know, a guy, he's, he's on a new team. You know, Duke Johnson was sharing that backfield with Isaiah Crowell. I mean, he was fourth in targets in 2017 when he finished as the um, 11th run, running back. I know this offense is great. I still think it's – maybe I should downgrade with the information that you've given me. But no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to – I'm with you. I'm with you, Will. Don't worry. Uh, Carolina Reaper, I'm still going to stick with it. Well, and what, what really sparked this, and it was the, the intended boxer message I was trying to send to you guys uh, the other day when I said didn't record, was I was in a keeper league, and – I, you know, the first three rounds are keepers, then you just start in the fourth. And it came back to me at the fifth, and I was like the five, let's say, oh, eight. And it was between, like, Calvin Ridley and a couple other wide receivers and uh, Duke Johnson. And I, and I ended up scooping Duke. This was after the Lamar Miller injury. And it really made me think, like, how do I actually value Duke Johnson? And I, I think he has a chance to finally be unlocked. And I'm excited for this. And, and Trey, you mentioned the – the leading rusher at Miami, but I think there's some context to that that hasn't really been added at all. One, it's very important to remember he only played three years uh, at Miami because you could be the leading rusher of a school and be a mediocre player, like like Miles Gaskins. Like Miles Gaskins played four years at Washington. Uh, he was a good player for that team, and he had a, just a ton of carries. I mean, he carried the load for that team for four years. They ran him into the ground at Washington uh, before he went to the NFL and ended up getting drafted later. But the – now, Miami is a high, higher pedigree school before. Uh, maybe Duke Johnson was there in kind of the demise of it. But he, uh, I mean, they were not good. They finished 6-7 and seven with their bowl game in his, his, his final, like, breakout junior year where he had 280 touches, 1,600 yards, a little bit over 1,600 yards rushing, uh, and over 450 yards uh, receiving and caught 38 passes on a bad team. The thing that, that gets me with Duke is he, he's never been a huge touchdown scorer and I want to see what he can do with that team because the, the Texans are, are totally willing to pass the goal line. That doesn't seem to be a problem with them. And that might be why this goes a little bit down and why I wanted to make it a little bit spicy. But I think that uh, he, he, he just has the ability to be an every down back along with uh, – I guess I'll we'll just go in this one. The one other point is his BMI. So everybody's like, Hugh Johnson's too small to be an every down back. Well, his BMI – and I, I post these from Player Profiler – is, is 30.6. So that's in the 58th percentile. So he may be a little shorter, but his, uh, his, you know, his height to, to body weight ratio is, is pretty nice. I mean, he has a higher BMI than Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, 
like David Johnson, Kerryon Johnson, et cetera. I mean, you can go down the list when you go from like height to weight. And I, I do think that matters quite a bit you know, for, for him to be able to carry the load for the team this year. And whoever they add, I, I just don't think that he's going to be as talented as Duke Johnson. I'm excited for this. Like this is a, this is the year after the year of the Duke, Duke Johnson hype train. I like it. This is this take. Now, now I want to scoop me up some Duke Johnson, at least in, in redraft <laughs> leagues. This is awesome. So, uh, well, the, well, that's thing about Duke. Sorry, I almost forgot it. The Texans targeted the running back last year about seventy-five times. I didn't go through the the deepest part of the depth chart to see their targets, but I think that's going to go up this year with Duke Johnson's ability to run in the slot and actually be a really great route runner. I don't think Lamar Miller was that good at it at all, and. Even I think uh, Alfred Blue, he had like something like 28 targets last year, 27. And Duke Johnson just trumps those guys uh, in the receiving game. So I think he's he's in line for a good amount of targets for this to happen. Yeah, that's a good way to close the show. Well, I, I think that's great. You guys have any final thoughts? Uh, I just want to tell our listeners that, once again, this, this show is dropping on Thursday. So we'll drop this before the holiday weekend. We hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll come back. We're going to record a show Wednesday night. Get you ready for opening weekend of the NFL. We're going to have some hot bull spicy takes for week one. We might have some DFS picks. Maybe that'll be on the Patreon show exclusively. I don't know yet, but it's going to be a fun show. And we are excited about football and what's being here for real 2019. So but we're going to get out of here. We're, we're going to wish you a great holiday weekend. We are at Fantasy Joe's on Twitter. We are the Fantasy Joe's. We thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Football's almost here. Hang in there. We'll make it.